Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea or your mud water. That's a new one I heard this morning. And sit back. Let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above. It is Friday, Fri-yay, the end of the week, and it's been a very crazy week. I, I Not crazy in a bad way, mostly just crazy in a crazy way. So I'd love to hear from all of you this morning, checking in with me to tell me how you've been experiencing the energies this week. On Monday, I kind of said it all. It was going to be kind of crazy. And immediately after the broadcast, of course, it was crazy, right? Everything started happening weird with my computer. Thank you, Mercury in retrograde. And it just kind of kept going from there. Uh, amusing, sometimes annoying at other times. Uh, some of my... That some of the programs that I use every day, every single day, wouldn't even open for me. Or I, because I use Google Chrome, because almost everything is, is optimized to work with Google Chrome. But some of the things that I use every day on Google Chrome wouldn't open. I would go to it and the white screen would just stay white, like, and there's this little timer thing going round and round. It was the weirdest thing. Uh, I should have not been terribly surprised because I'd already told everybody what a crazy week it was going to be. Um, so I had to deal with that. Then uh, I realized I was doing something completely wrong in my in the back end of my website. So I needed to try to fix that. But I got so frustrated trying to fix that. I just had to to walk away from it. And so it on and on like that weird dreams at night. Um, just craziness, right? Just craziness, but not necessarily anything all that bad. Just more like um, annoyances, things that just get under your skin. And I think the universe sometimes has a way of just bringing up the things it knows are going to trigger you. For me, it's always going to be technology issues or uh, communication issues. Gemini, right? I'm always, you know, using my communication skills. And so that was exactly what was going on with me. The crazies were all sort of focused there. Uh, I see people joining us this morning. It's great to see you all. Carol Grojean, good morning. Monique, good morning. And JLo, hello. Debbie Tibbetts-Tumiel, good morning to you. Leilani, good to see you. Uh, Monique says, crazy, past relationships came back around and still it's a no from me. Interesting, right? That That's that's kind of what uh, happens with Mercury in retrograde. And then remember, all of the outer planets that have been in retrograde since about May, I'm just going to say May, it was various days within May. So that was Pluto and Saturn and Jupiter all turned into retrograde and now Mercury's retrograde. Well, those three outer planets, Pluto's already turned to direct. This weekend, Saturn turns to direct and next week, we have Jupiter turning direct. So there's this swishing of planets as they change direction, as they appear to come to a standstill and then change directions. So that is uh, often something that we experience as upheavals or, or, you know, upsets or things that go wrong. And it's really just about changing directions. It's like if you're running and you suddenly turn around and go run the other direction, right? That's kind of what we've been feeling. I mean, there's that um, time where your body has to adjust to what's happening to where your mind or your emotions have to adjust to the new direction. So it's not surprising that we might be, you know, affected by these things. So uh, there you go. Uh, Leilani, thank you very much. Uh, this I had to dig out some more of my fall clothes this morning because it was 41 degrees, kind of chilly. And I'd left the windows open last night. So I was like, uh, so I'm just got to transition over out of my summer spring uh, attire back to my winter or fall winter attire. And some parts of that make me really excited because it's like warm and cozy stuff once more. So thank you very much. Uh, Allison D, good morning to you. Christine Buckingham. Hello, Corey. Hello, Bar Nate. I hope I said that correctly. She says, or he, I'm not sure which. Uh, greetings. It's a guy because based on the picture. Greetings to all. Let's remember to click like on the way in. Pretty please. Thank you very much for saying that. Please hit the like button. 
also, I am getting very close to getting up to my thousand uh, subscribers that I need in order to open up my channel in a bigger way. So if you are new here and you have not yet subscribed, please look below if you're on YouTube and hit the subscribe button. If you are here with me on Facebook, then hit the like, but also hit the thumbs up button if you are in YouTube with me. And it looks like quite a few of you are actually in YouTube. So that's a good thing. And uh, <laughs> thank you. And Barnett E. Netty, um, thank you very much. And JLo, yes, share also. Yay. Tammy Smith, good morning. Ingrid, oh my gosh, you've been on my mind. It's good to see you out there as well. And I love it when I'm thinking about people and they show up. And Tammy, you've been on my mind because I had another client come through this week whose name was the same as yours, only she spelled her name M-M-I-E instead of M-M-Y at the end. So it's good to see you out there as well. Let me go back, make sure I didn't miss anything here. Uh, nope, everything good. All right. So uh, today here is kind of what I want to do. Um, we're going to spend some time talking about Scorpio and Sagittarius, mostly because the moon right now is in Scorpio. And as it moves out of the void tomorrow morning, it will be in the sign of Sagittarius. So there's two good reasons right there, the moon and uh, exiting the void. But also as we move deeper into the fall season here, or uh, spring, if you're in the land down under, um, we have, we're facing two eclipses, a lunar eclipse in Scorpio, and then a solar eclipse in a, a total solar eclipse in the sign of Sagittarius. Now that happens November 19th for the lunar eclipse and December 4th, uh, 5th for the solar eclipse. And so that, that means that right now, the more that we know about those two signs, the more that we can be aware and in our awareness, be conscious of how it is we want to use the energy of those upcoming eclipses. We're never victims of these transits, by the way. So when we're talking about these retrogrades or we're talking about uh, tomorrow's conjunction of, uh, of Mercury, Saturn, or Mercury, uh, Sun, and Mars, we're not victims, right? We're not victims of these. The reason we talk about them and both their positive and their negative aspects is so that we have awareness, so we can bring consciousness to it. And then it's also important that you can take that consciousness and that awareness and apply it to your own chart. So it's always a good idea to have your own chart with you in the mornings when we talk so that you can look at the house that the action is taking place in, because that's going to tell you the part of your life that is being affected by what we're talking about. So right now, all of these uh, most intense energies are in the sign of Libra. But we're looking a little bit down the future here to where it becomes more Scorpionic and then when it becomes more Sagittarian. So that, again, you have this sort of preview and are aware of how to utilize the energy in its highest and best, right? That's always my goal for all of you. Uh, also, this morning, we may have Asa check in with us. And if she does, uh, her birthday is on Monday. So everybody, please wish her a happy birthday. She hasn't been with us in a while because she's been doing classes or courses that are helping her in her business. So um, if we see her this morning, please take the time to wish her a happy birthday, even though it's a little bit early. Good morning, Michelle Gay. Good morning, Andy girl. Great to see both of you out there joining us this morning. So let's jump in, shall we, to the moon's passage now through the sign of Scorpio. First thing this morning, before we were even together on air, before I was even up, I think, um, the moon came into an opposition with the planet Uranus. And I think last night as I was going to bed, I sort of felt this energy because, you know, the, the planet Uranus is connected to our central nervous system. And I was feeling in my body this sort of electric energy. And it makes it kind of hard to go to sleep at night when you're feeling that kind of electricity and or you're feeling that kind of um, uh, quiveriness in your physical being. And then I realized, oh, right, the moon is now in Scorpio, so it must be building up to that opposition. So if you're feeling that kind of anxiety or mental nervousness, then there, you're in good company because the transits that are happening right now are taking us into that with a lot of energy in Libra, which is an air sign, which is related to our minds. 
And then now with the moon in Scorpio, making things feel more intense, kind of ratcheting up the energy a bit, if you will. So we have the opposition to Uranus today. We have a, a trine from the moon to Neptune that adds a real significant dose of intuition or instinct to it. And what do we know about intuition and instinct? It's akin to fear and that there's a possibility that it's a fear or a shadow energy that triggers us to make some kind of change or to do something. So we have to watch that we're not caught up in a fear field, that we're actually more aware than that so that we can actually choose to respond and not to react to what's happening with us. And then there's also a square from the moon to Jupiter today. Just a little bit of a check mark here to watch out for not overdoing, over imbibing, over spending, over anything. And then a sextile finally to Pluto as we round out the day. So I feel like the day is filled with potential. And I feel like without any other major aspects taunting us today, um, we're being prepared for the weekend energy itself and how we can deal with that. The moon will turn void or move into the void at 11.05 p.m. West Coast time tonight. So that'll actually be 12.12 a.m. for those of you on the East Coast. And um, it, when it moves into the void, of course, we call it sort of the wandering moon. It, there's nothing new that can really happen in that particular time. I love it when the void happens during sleep because then I don't have to worry that I'm, you know, pushing against the river during the day. Uh, 8.24 West Coast time tomorrow morning, the moon will wake up, uh, will wake up and the moon will move into the sign of Sagittarius. So we're going to cover both moon signs. And then 11-11. Uh, Thanks, Andy girl. I love it. And um, Barr says, thank you for touching on this. My sleep has been so choppy, been wondering what the heck. And, you know, that's exactly how I've been sort of feeling too, Barr, because uh, some nights I go to sleep and I just pass out, right? I just go into this dead space of sleep. And then I wake up in the morning and literally I'm still in the same position I was in when I fell asleep. So I know it's been a very deep sleep. And then other nights like last night, uh, it's been, it was difficult to sleep. And I'm thinking that that has a lot to do with where the moon is moving because at the various times, the moon is going to square, oppose, conjunct, and then closing square to the planet Uranus. And because Uranus right now is really, um, you know, triggering us uh, to awaken and to make change or to re revolutionize the world, uh, I feel like part of that is happening in our dream state as well. So totally makes sense. Michelle Gay says, fear field. My daughter had an anxiety panic attack this morning. <gasps> yes, I can believe that. And um, part of that might be the change, Michelle, from the gate 48, where energy had been in the sun uh, for earlier in the week to the gate 57. And the 57 is where the sun is now until uh, the through the 13th of the month. And that happens to be a gate that it has a fear of the future. So if we are too far ahead, if we're looking too far down the road and we take a look at the world, and if you just take a look at the world right now, even, even you know, for veterans of us who've been in the spiritual world for a long time and who know better, there's a lot of triggers to the future for us. And so I get that for her, that this change can actually make it so that she's feeling a little more anxious about what's to come. It's hard to predict the future when things are so crazy and wobbly. And then you add the uh, energy of Scorpio. So remember that Libra and Scorpio in our human design charts is taking us on a journey through the spleen center. For those of you who don't know much about human design, it's where I go to really take a look at deeper at what the energies are actually bringing us. And in human design, the spleen is a center, an energy center for time, intuition, health, and survival. And in the process of our working through the shadow energies of fear, we are embracing this idea of not just surviving, but thriving. But to thrive, we have to be able to move through our fear because our fear is in our DNA. And I've been thinking a lot about this because I keep thinking, you know, we're, we're trying to help people move through fear. 
But I think sometimes we want to move through fear by ignoring it or rejecting it. But that isn't possible. You cannot reject the fear. You have to be able to move through the fear, which means we might have to move through our anxieties. We might have to move through a day like today through our issues of power, through our issues where we're fearful of what change is happening and what that change means for us in the future. Scorpio always has that crisis energy around it. Uh, because it's a sign that has the ability to manage crisis better than probably any other sign, right? So crisis. There's also self-mastery in Scorpio energy. So self-mastery with Scorpio gates in the spleen would be about taking care of growing our own consciousness, right? Taking care of our own mastery. It's akin to self-nurturing, right? If, if you cannot master the self, you cannot help others to master themselves, right? And we're all in this, you know, planet Earth together. So the one thing that I know that I can control or that I can work with is my own self. So self-mastery, huge here. And then, of course, Scorpio energy also takes, into, uh, takes us into sexual themes, to bonding themes, to our deeper intimacy issues with one another, soulmate issues. So some people who are dealing with Scorpio, perhaps in their seventh house of relationships, or Scorpio energy in their fifth house of romance, or even in their 10th houses of, of uh, authority or career focus, you may be feeling particularly uh, strung up right now or in some way on fire with uh, your your relationships that you have. And then, of course, finance, finances and financial partnerships are also included here. That's because in the na natural wheel of the zodiac, Scorpio rules the eighth house. And the eighth house has that financial theme, but it's about the finances that we share together. And of course, one of the first news stories I saw this morning was the financial uh, numbers coming out about the, I think it was called the jobs report that tells how many jobs were added to the economy in September. They call them dismal numbers. I look at them and I go, well, I think we're holding our own in the face of everything that's going on in that outer world. So I felt like that the news that we were hearing, even though the, the media tries to slant it towards something that's negative, I felt like, wow, okay, right? We've gotten to a place of neutrality. From that place of neutrality, we can start to choose what we do from here, right? We're not necessarily having to be in that reactive energy. And I believe that Scorpio is one of those signs that teaches us that. Remember Scorpio... Scorpio, um, oh, I want to talk to you, Bar, about that some more. So Scorpio is the, the only sign in the zodiac that has the three uh, totem energies, if you will. So it has the potential to express itself with the passive aggression of the scorpion, right? The, the scorpion that is more willing to st sting itself and kill itself rather than to be cornered or to have to do something uh, different than what its true wishes are to do. But if we raise our awareness, we raise our consciousness, we can see that Scorpio then moves to the, the visionary aspects of the eagle, right? So if we can move ourselves to the position of, of eagle, we can see the bigger picture, right? Here I live in the Pacific Northwest, and we are surrounded by these very tall fir trees, and uh, the eagles love to perch up at the top of those trees, some of them, you know, 200 feet plus tall, and they can see this very wide field, right? So the eagle sort of represents the viewpoint from spirit. If we can move out of our very human um, biases, we can see things from a much more wider lens. When we look at things from a wider lens, we have a better perspective and we can see how all the pieces fit together. So part of our experience now then might be about raising the bar. Ha <laughs> Here's your name bar. That's funny. Um, raising the bar so that we are seeing from that higher perspective. Now, the third level in scorpionic energy is the, the transformation powers of the phoenix. So when we say that change and empowerment, uh, avoiding power struggles and all of that are a part of the experience in Scorpio, the fear that can get triggered for us is about how we are empowered or not. Are we claiming our power? Are we giving away our power? And 
in the in the face of the transformational power of the phoenix we are being asked to roll over and change right to to immolate in, in, in to burn in the fires uh of change so that we can come back in a new way so and that that scares humans it's kind of death how death scares us and scorpio is aligned often with death energy the eighth house that scorpio rules is also the house of death and rebirth so one of our primal fears as humans is death. So every time the moon moves through the sign of Scorpio, we end up struggling with some of those very powerful survival energies that we have on the planet. Now, looking ahead, then we have that um, a foreshadowing kind of, uh, yeah, it's a foreshadowing energy of Taurus Scorpio in eclipses in november so it's a it, the, it's a lunar eclipse so it will actually happen in the sign of taurus but the sign opposite of taurus is scorpio so we start to see the axis of taurus and scorpio being the focus of our eclipses as the nodal axis begins to shift later on in uh in early in 2022 into taurus and scorpio out of gemini and sagittarius but we're not leaving that Sagittarian energy behind yet either, or that Gemini energy behind yet. So we have to take a look at what that means as well. Before I go on to the Sagittarian energy, let me take a look at questions and comments. And then I want to get some wisdom stories in before we get too far into the day. Uh, so let's see, going back here a little bit, um, JLo says, oh, wow, my daughter messaged me. Her tummy was upset at school. Oh, yes, of course. JLo said she calmed herself down and feels better. She was the one catching bad anxiety a few, for the past few months. And indeed, right, that anxiety, we feel it. Well, we can feel it anywhere, right? Sometimes it's mental and it's just the pressure in our head. I carry a lot of anxiety in my neck and in my shoulders. And then some people are going to carry it in that solar plexus, that gut uh, other people are going to carry it in their limbs. It's it's going to be different for everybody based on, you know, how your own particular chart is set up. So I'm not surprised that, you know, especially kids, right, younger people feeling this because they are the ones that don't necessarily have the tools um, yet to cope with that. So we have to be able to help them cope with these changes. Tammy Smith, that is a great question. What if Scorpio is in your 12th house? Well, the 12th house is a very fearful place in and of itself. Everything you read about the 12th house, and I, as you guys know, I have a little bit different view of the 12th house, but a lot of astrologers acknowledge the 12th house as the house of prisons and of uh, fear. And it's possible, right, that there's fear here because it can be a place where we are um, holding on to uh, things from our past lives, or we are uh, blocking somehow our forward progress in this life. We have limiting beliefs, um, maybe even self-sabotage, right? That somehow there's maybe um, a deep fear of success and what that might bring. And so we are sometimes holding on to that fear and the 12th house brings it up. So for me, as I would think of your scorpionic 12th house, I would say you're here to transform fear. You're here to change and to bring power to your own self through the process of moving through all of those fears, right? So keep that in mind. And uh, Barr says, uh, I started getting into cosmic human design, the sidereal system plus human design last week. I have a long way to go to get a grasp. So thank you for delving into that gate spleen info. Oh my gosh, I, um, I truly honor your wanting to delve into that the cosmic human design and i'll tell you why because uh and carol if you're still out there you and i've had this conversation ingrid if you're still out there you and i've had this conversation about what sidereal human design might be bringing us so when we're looking at an astrology chart we can look at it through different systems right the one i use most often is tropical um, astrology, which is Western astrology. There's also sidereal astrology, which is bringing things more up to the current time period, which means that it's more current to where the planets are in the constellations. And to me, that almost feels like it has 
cosmic qualities to, to quote bar there. But I also feel like sometimes that puts us in a position of what is our personal evolution? Like if I were to become all that I could be in this lifetime, if I were to be able to express the highest and best of who I am through evolution in this lifetime, I'm thinking that the sidereal system takes us to that point. Now, sidereal then in your human design is going to do the same thing. You have a series of planets sitting at gates that relate to your DNA. The gates are the traits that are in your DNA, right? The codons that are, are triggered by the placement of planets that mirror are mirrored in your DNA. So if I look at that in sidereal terms, then is that the potential for the evolution of DNA in your body? right in this lifetime is it the potential for let's say for example my son is at the gate 12 uh actually I th uh, yeah the sun pretty much stays the same but let's look at destiny because that's going to change and if your destiny comes into a gate that takes you through let's say fear right maybe it's sitting on the spleen and when you were born in the tropical system it was over here uh on the emotional center now you're adding the emotion of fear to everything that you do in order to evolve. So I've hesitated to bring that too much to people's attention because you really have to understand human design first, the basics of human design before you can really grasp what that might mean for you, right? If you don't understand who you are or what your soul's purpose and life purpose are um, in the tropical, how would you know whether you were evolving or not? But on the other hand, you might need to know where you're evolving to in order to be able to move there. I don't know. I'll have to think about that. But thanks for bringing that up. And maybe that is something we can start delving into. Because a lot of you that come here in the morning have been with me for the years and years that I've been on air. So it's possible you might be willing to stretch yourself a little bit and to do that. But I also know that sometimes people check in with me and they're like, I have no clue what she's talking about. So I want to be mindful of that as well. Carol says, I think sidereal is my potential in this life. Indeed, that's, I think, what we're saying here, that evolutionary potential that you have. Uh, Christine, seventh house, Scorpio, moon, Neptune, Rx, uh, meaning retrograde, north node, and Jupiter retrograde in Scorpio. You have a whole lot of changes and transformations going on in this particular life, and your relationships show you those changes that are going on. Lynn, oh my gosh, it's so good to see you. It's great to have you with us. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Linny's brilliant sparkling light. Good morning. She says it's a gift to be here live with you today. It's been quite a while. It has, but I'm so glad to see you. Allison D says I have a lot in Scorpio in the fifth house, Mars, Venus, and Jupiter. So you actually have one of the co-rulers of Scorpio in your fifth house. It's a house of creativity. It's a house of finding joy. It's a house of being in the youthful exuberance of life and not necessarily finding yourself the old fuddy-duddy. But you may have issues around having to be uber responsible in this lifetime. And so what you kind of cover up that joy with is responsibilities. So keep a keep a keep an eye to how you might be dampening down your joyfulness through being uber responsible and taking on responsibilities maybe that aren't even your own. Uh, okay, back further here, Kathleen Mallory, love it. Uh, good to see you. And I don't see Asa yet, but I hope she joins us. She had to, she was getting her car tuned up this morning before she could come on air. So hopefully she, there she is. She's out there. So Asa, we're so happy to see you. I can't even tell you. I'm just filled with joy that you're actually with us this morning. It's so good to see you. I already told everybody that your birthday was coming up and I'm not sure if you'll be with us on Monday when it is your birthday. So I want to make sure everybody says happy birthday to you. And it's so good to see you. Uh, Christine Buckingham, my youngest son is Pisces sun in both tropical and sidereal. I'm a Pisces sun tropical and Aquarius in sidereal. So that would mean that your son is working through Pisces energies very clearly, but you're, you know, kind of straddling the two Pisces and Aquarian energy. So uh, having to work through both. And let's see, JLo, uh, I'm all over human design. I even direct it and look in the design alone, uh, which I am a reflector, then come here to, back to reality. I love it. 
oh, that's so funny. Uh, back to reality. And of course, then we have to question what is reality, right? What is reality? Uh, all right. So let's uh, talk really quickly about, there's no quick about it. I want to share stories now. So, you know, I went back last um, on Monday to the Wisdom Keepers Inner Guidebook written by uh, Rosie Aronson. It is actually a deck of cards. And uh, I wanted to do this because today, not only is the change happening with the sun moving into the gate 57, which is a gate of intuition and clarity, right? Being able to tap into uh, our innate uh, survival energies. Survival is a slippery slope. So I don't mean it in the sense that it's fear-based, but it can be. But the earth is also moving into a gate that can trigger us, that can trigger those fears in us. And that's because the earth has moved into the gate 51. And that sits on the ego or will or heart center. And it is called the gate of shock in traditional human design. Um, in the gene keys, and I believe in quantum human design now, it's called the gate of awakening. So there are trigger points. And the earth, as you know, is always the one that's going to bring up the challenge because that's where our feet are right? Our feet are here. We're being challenged to survive and to live and to thrive here on the earth. So I thought I would read what the challenge is first in our soul stories, and then I would move to where the sun is. So the earth is at the gate 51, and it is called the gate of initiative, excuse me, that's the gift level in the sign or in the gene keys. And if you take a look, here's our, our person that represents that, our face, the gate 51. And it says creative initiative is the path of every human spirit. Every one of us must at some point in life, leave the crowd and head off into the uncharted wilderness of our heart. That's so poetic, isn't it? In the uh, shadow, this is the energy of agitation or shock in the gift. It's initiative. And in the highest expression, when we move to the highest expression, it is awakening. And of course that comes directly from the gene keys. Here's the wisdom story. When I was just a toddler, several monks appeared at our door. After vigorous testing, I was recognized as the incarnation of a spiritual master. My parents were not religious people. They were shocked, but too subservient and cowardly to fight for me. I'll never forget crying as I was taken away from my mother. For one year, I was bathed in love and attention by my appointed teacher. I loved him so much. He always showed me pictures of my parents, reminding me of our connection. But one day our monastery was brutally attacked by hostile soldiers who hated our people. My beloved teacher was killed. Before I knew what had happened, I was swept up into the arms of another monk. We escaped through the mountains and arrived in another monastery. Though well cared for, I was terribly jumpy and nervous. Hmm, sounds like our day, doesn't it? I had trouble focusing on my studies. It was hard to trust anyone. My mind and heart understood I was safe, but my body didn't. It was always on guard and desperate to release its agitation. Violence wasn't an option, so my mind uh, took over. I became obsessed with moving up the ranks in the monastery and constantly reminded myself that I was special because I was chosen so early. I was determined to be the first of my peers to awaken. To my peers, I seemed fearless, disciplined, and precocious, but deep down, I was traumatized. Thankfully, my new teacher saw the terror in me and understood the shock I'd been through. He also knew that shock would be one of my greatest teachers. One day, it would help me release the false security of the ego, accept the certainty of death, and awaken to oneness. But he also wisely knew I was too young to understand this. Instead of a lecture, he gave me a paintbrush, a canvas, and the freedom to do whatever I wanted. His instruction was simple. Follow your heart. The first stroke felt like jumping off a cliff, but soon I was filling the canvas with colors and symbols unlike anything seen before. My body relaxed. I made friends and lost interest in competition. At first, I believed I was creating something new through the art, but now I know I am only rediscovering and retracing an eternal truth. There is no need to bring something new to the canvas, only to unveil the canvas itself. My gift to you. I am not here to lead you. I am here to initiate you. It is time to step off the beaten track, release everything you've been taught, and embrace an entirely new way of being. Though you may stand upon the shoulders of others, in the end, only you can take the leap. There is no safety net, no way to avoid fear. If you want to transcend fear, 
move through it. I think I've already said that today. Honor your creative impulses wherever they take you. Let your awe-filled heart lead you back to your own heart. Good fortune is inevitable when you trust the love inside of you. If you do have a need to compete, do not compete with others. Funnel your competitive urges into your own creativity. And soon you will find competition replaced by deeply fulfilling collaboration. That's a beautiful Libran word, right? Collaboration. Now, the gate 57 is where the sun is sitting. So the earth challenging us to awaken, the earth challenging us to move through the uh, shocks in our lives that have maybe created that fear field. And when we do, then we have the possibility of creating the pathway to our intuitive gifts. Here's our face for this. Look at the beautiful forehead there, right? The crescent moon with the sun rising above it. I just love this one. And here is the story. Every time you trust in your intuition or make a decision based on it, you raise the frequency of your whole aura. In the shadow, this is the gift of, or this is the shadow or fear of unease. In the gift, it's intuition. And in the highest aspect, it's clarity. Clarity, clear knowing, right? The wisdom story says, my mother had three miscarriages before I was born. During her pregnancy with me, she was anxious. And when I was young, she was a hesitant, overprotective mother, constantly worrying about my getting sick or into an accident. She clung to rationality as if her life depended on it, but her endless lists of... Well, apparently dude has arrived and started a fight with my cat. Please ignore the interruption. Um, she clung to rationality as if her life depended on it, but her endless lists of pros and cons paralyzed her. That's the other thing about the spleen center, that fear that can get triggered when planets move across them is a paralysis of some sort. It stops us from making change. Um, so anyway, her, her endless lists of pros and cons paralyzed her, but they also made my father impatient and his actions impetuous, which usually resulted in financially risky decisions and an even more anxious mother. I was close to my parents and could sense their thoughts and feelings as if they were my own. As I matured, I saw how their ways of coping with life were causing them pain and frustration. When it came to decision-making, the opposing strategies of over-rationality and impulsivity seemed equally unhelpful. <laughs> Longing to resolve their unrest, I sought alternative ways of accessing truth and knowing. I became a student of intuition, reading books on ESP, using oracle decks, and training my psychic abilities. But when I discovered the deep, vast world of astrology, a light went on. I couldn't get enough. After obsessively studying natal charts, I learned about the world of transits and my prayers were answered. Finally, I had a way of reading the future and helping people cope with anxiety and life's uncertainties. My career instantly took off and eventually astrology took over my life. To do anything or guide anyone, I needed the stars' blessings. I became attached to the money, status, security that brought by my success. And over time, I became increasingly paranoid and out of touch with my intuition. When I dismissed my own hunches about my beloved mother's health because the stars said otherwise, and she got sick, I was overwhelmed with shame and guilt. How could I have drifted so far from my own inner knowing? That's when it hit me. Life was uncertain. No matter how skilled I was or how accurate astrology was, I could not control life or rescue the people I loved from the unknown. Oh my gosh, I needed to hear that. For five years, I didn't track a single transit. I learned to face and fully feel the pain and beauty of uncertainty. Now, I use my intuition and astrological tools from a place of love and playfulness, not fear. I am finally at ease. So my gift to you is I come to remind you that the still voice within that connects you, that that you, wait, I come to remind you of that still voice within that connects you to all of life. Your intuition is one of your greatest gifts. Trust it. We live in a world that is obsessed with reason. There is so much emphasis on exploring and conquering the mind, but you have the ability to experience true knowing. You can perceive something even before it can be seen or heard, touched or tasted. It is time to embrace your primal instincts and to stop relying on theories and methods. 
I'm not suggesting you discard your intellect or your tools, only that you allow them to serve your intuition. As you learn this art, you will find that old fears melt away, relationships soften, and things go more smoothly. Trust the delicate hairs on the back of your neck. Listen carefully. I love it. I always worry about reading these stories because it can take some time to go through the story itself. I almost prefer to paraphrase, but I think sometimes reading the text can really be helpful in helping us get through the times that we are living in. So again, the deck is called the Wisdom Keepers. Uh, I think it's called the 64 Faces of Awakening. And it's by Rosie Aronson. So Rosie Aronson, there we go. Wisdom Keepers. You can get them on Amazon or you can go to her website, uh, which I believe is called the 64facesofawakening.com. All right. And Asa, of course you do. You have the 57 as your sun and the 51 as your earth. So does my husband as both of them have their birthdays coming. Uh, and uh, that means that this is a consistent part of your life, right? Moving through fear by using your intuition, moving through shocks and the upheavals in your life by using your intuition. So wonderful, wonderful story there. Um, JLo says, OMG, there's a crow calling out my window. I love it. Uh, okay, so uh resonating like a bell with this card i love it i love it i love it okay good now um let's quickly talk about sagittarius energy time-wise how are we doing here um sagittarius is where the moon moves tomorrow after it breaks the void and that is the place of the next solar eclipse now we're going to look at the eclipses as we get closer so i don't want you to get all bogged down to you know the eclipse this is just for you to look at kind of filed way in your in your memory banks for what's coming as we uh, head into the month of December for the solar eclipse. And that will be a powerful switch that gets turned on in Sagittarius energy, which is all about the quest for truth. The major impact of the sign of Sagittarius in your chart or in the heavens is that arrow that the archer has pointed at the heart of this and the soul of the solar system or of our universe, the heart of truth, right? But that heart of truth is also the heart of freedom. And those kind of go hand in hand. The truth shall set you free, right? There's that we, we know they're connected. And in the sign of Sagittarius, that's what this is all about. There's peace of mind here. This is interesting because Sagittarius is also a very na naturally earth-oriented sign, nature-oriented. It's connected to the natural world. It is also a fire sign, so it links us to our creative energy, right? To the creative energy, the fire of the universe. And then in that, then we have the potential for the expression of travel for freedom of expression or freedom of doing and the adventure it's like the road beckons us in some respects to move freely forward well think about the past year and a half of our existence it's all been you know about the lack of freedom that we feel in some cases from a pandemic that seems to you know go on and on from you know breakdowns from uh, shakedowns from changes from all of these things that have really brought us to the brink of really understanding what is true freedom. What is the truth, right? We don't even know that for sure anymore. So we have to trust in something higher. And that is in this particular sign, faith, optimism. And when we can, and, and to me, I, I can't unbuckle that from the uh, intuition, right? From Scorpio's very deep connection to knowingness that we move into Sagittarius energy after that, taking that intuition with us out into the world. And as we take our gifts and our um, talents and we share uh, our knowingness and we share our experiences in the world, then we find ourselves you know, chasing or actually finding luck, right? There's a good fortune here when we are actually freed of the fear and we're moving forward in the uh, energy of Sagittarius. Now, when we look at this in human design through astro design, my favorite way of looking at things where I'm marrying the two, astrology and human design, 
When we look at Scorpio energy, the predominance of the energies are in the spleen center. And from the spleen, they move into the G center and into the Ajna. So we're dealing with fear, the evolution, the stress. And then we move into our inner knowing, right? Our soul center. And then into having to move through the uh, impact that fear has with the mind. When we move into Sagittarius, it's pretty much mostly sacral energy. And the sacral center is the center for doing. And remember the nodes right now are sitting on the sacral and on the throat center. And the energy then reminds us of the time that we're in right now. It's about how do we respond to what is showing up in our world, in our outer world. If what's showing up in your outer world is triggering your fear, then you have to learn to respond versus react. So Sagittarian energy takes us into that. It is partly individual energy. So it's part of our own individual journey to find that adventure, to find that truth. The other half of it's collective. And as a collective, we're on the path, on the hunt for that same kind of energy or same kind of awareness. And there's a little blip of tribal energy thrown in. So love energy. Remember when we talk about whether something is individual, collective, or tribal, we're talking about how the energy of love is expressed through the individual field or circuitry. It's expressed in the love of your uniqueness, of the unique voice that you bring to the world or the unique um, experiences that you have. But often the feeling is that I'm, I'm not quite fitting in here. So I question my own lovingness or my own lovability. When we're dealing with the collective, we're dealing with the higher questions of love. How do we love universally? How do we love in unity? And the tribal energy, of course, is the love of our, in our relationships, right, to one another. So our family, our friends, our networks, our communities, our tribes, etc. right? So then Scorpio and, uh, I mean, Sagittarius energy is really going to bring us into these different qualities of loving energy. Who are we loving? What are we loving? Or are we ignoring love in our lives? So the love is about the quest. It's not necessarily always about the finding of the answers, but certainly the quest for answers, the, the quest for truth. And remember, if we look at the sacral center as the center of doing, it is also a center that if we look at it holographically in the shadow or fear expression, it's reaction, right? It's our reacting, not response, it's reaction. When we look at it at the gift level, it's response, right? It's responding. That means I'm taking a moment of breath or I'm going to take a moment of pause before I choose to do anything. And in the its highest expression, the sacral energy is about flow and establishing that flow without the fear, right? Intuitively moving into the correct um, uh, area for us or in the correct choice for us personally. <sighs> All right. Now, pretty much everything that we just talked about was the movement from Friday into Saturday. But Saturday's energy also has the conjunction coming up of Mercury to the sun and Mercury to uh, the planet Mars, which also means that the sun and Mars are in a conjunction, which also means that we've been dealing all week with the sun, Mercury, Mars conjunction. So we have powerful energies all kind of interacting here in Libra the sign of co-creation, cooperation, collaboration, relationships, right? So we're having to maybe form new relationships. We're putting together parts in a new way. We're finding that we are better as a team or as a group in collaboration rather than these maverick, you know, energies. That's also borne out and witnessed by the birth and dawn of this age of Aquarius, where the group mind is more important than the individual but it's not that we lose the individuality, it's that we apply our individuality to the group. So the three planets, Mercury, Mars, and the Sun, are bringing us into that very collaborative teamwork sort of energy. I'm going to throw out another word that some of you who have followed my work with the Gene Keys know, and that's synarchy. Synarchy, which is about creating um, partnerships, creating 
leadership models where we are all working together. It's not hierarchical, it's synarchical, right? Sin, the word comes together, brings the group together in a way that shares responsibility for the project or the expression of the group. So that reminds me that right now that's another potentially uh, hot, potential hotspot in all of the world as our politics are changing, as our concept of a government changes, as our concept of how is it that we, how, how can we release our nationalism in favor of globalism? And by globalism, maybe more universally, not just looking at it um, as, you know, we're the United States or you're Australia or you're Europe, but we are part of the globe. We are part of, we are in this together, right? We have to release our fear around that. So these conjunctions come up and it brings it all sort of to this crescendo point, but it also brings us the opportunity to start something new, right? What could we start new in Libra energy that supports synarchy? Well, there could be diplomacy, there could be more tactfulness, there could be more listening to one another, right? There could be more communication that is uh, nonviolent, right? Nonviolent communication. There could be more emphasis on, well, what are the words that I'm saying actually creating as far as an energy, right? So the impact of our words, really looking at that. So that's a huge thing that's happening. If that's not happened in a while at least the last couple of years, right? So the potential is pretty high for us. Wherever you have Libra in your chart is where this new energy is breaking through. Now, as well, on Sunday, the planet Saturn moves direct. And uh, it moves direct at the gate 41. And uh, the 41 is on the root center. So if we take a look at the root center in our human design, what does it represent? Well, in its lowest energy, it represents stress. And the gate 41, it has the stress of fantasy and imagination. The stress here is to break out of being just in the head or in the imagination and jump into the actual creation, the birthing of our ideas and so forth. So we move from the level of stress, that would be the fear energy, into the energy of drive. Drive is the gift energy of that center, the root center. And in its highest expression, we have the potential for evolution. We see again, we are evolving and we're evolving through our creative energy. This is the drive, by the way, to create. And with Saturn, it's the drive to build, right? To build and to create something that has a lasting quality to it, right? We're not looking at just, you know, building a house of cards on sand. We're looking at something that's going to be sustainable, that's going to be based on responsibility and that sustainability and preservation. Saturn is in Aquarius. It has a more preservative energy. What can we preserve that's right, that's good, that's precious, that's sustainable, and build upon that and take us into a stronger future? So we have that drive that's being restored to us as Saturn moves out of its retrograde. So in retrograde, what has Saturn been causing us to focus on? It's been time to rethink our goals to reimagine what it is that we could do or who we could be or what we needed to do in order to build or to in order to evolve and grow. We might have meet, needed to rethink our career path. I know my son's death in July, even though that doesn't even sound like that would go together, has had me rethinking everything that I do, looking for the meaning in everything, of trying to see what that next step might be. It wasn't a time that I could take action, right? Grief kept me, keeps me still even uh, locked sometimes into having to deal with that instead of being able to take the steps forward. So whatever it is that's been going on in your life since May that has seemingly caught you up in something where you couldn't necessarily take the action steps that you wanted to take would have been because Saturn in retrograde was offering you up the opportunity to reimagine, to rethink, to rebuild. Now, in uh, the beginning of the year, Saturn was at the gate 41. We started the human design year with Saturn there. Then Saturn moved on into the gate 19, which is a gate that takes us into what are the coming trends? What am I seeing in the morphogenetic fields, right? What am I sensitive to? What can I sense is the next step for me or for us as humanity? 
and to you know consider what that might mean and then saturn moved into the gate 13. the 13 is a gate of retelling the story right re creating a new narrative so we were all invited as part of the retrograde to retell the stories that we've been telling so what have we been telling us ourselves about our lives about our potential about who we are about where we're going what i can do what i can't do on and on and on so now with saturn changing direction again at the gate 41 where we began the year it's almost like we have a new beginning here right how can i impact society now with my contributions that's the next question right that coming out of the retrograde is how do i impact the world how do i share of myself in a bigger way how can i really um dig into what is really my gift and my talent and share that so with saturn changing direction on sunday it's time to get back to work to implement the new to build or rebuild such as it were with a new awareness with a new found idea of having a plan of working the plan of taking those ideas and those creative juices that have been just locked up here and bringing them in birthing them right bringing them in so it is a very powerful time i think a powerful time of looking forward at what can be so that happens to us with us for us on sunday uh, okay, questions, bar, how can we release our nationalism and reach for globalism? The first thing we have to do, uh, bar, and for anybody that's out there, we have to ignore what we think those words mean, right? We have to get over the definitions that we have held ourselves to about what that means. Uh, and there's, you know, conspiracy theories about the global elite, about globalism, about one world government and all of that. Those become very loaded terms. They become politicized. And my, of course, meaning isn't here about the politics of it all. It's about the humanity of it all. So we need a new definition. A new definition might be about having pride in your nation, in the accomplishments, in what you've come through, in how you've survived and moved into thriving no matter what. But then take it from there to how do we share of our national pride or of our national gifts with the entire world? Not how do we use and abuse the other nations of the world for our own benefit, but how do we take and share of the gifts of each nation, whether it's this little itty bitty place called Iceland or this gigantic place called Europe or this gigantic USA or whatever. And how can we value and understand each other better? And it's going to have to start with our redefining those words, right? It always comes down to the words. It is always about the words. And now I get something. I had a dream earlier this week where in my dream, as I was leaving the dream, I look back over my shoulder and there's a word that's written on a wall. Only the word is backwards, right? The word ends up, I can't read the word because I don't know what the word is. But I realize when I wake up that the word was backwards. And then I happen to be talking to my friend Londa a little bit later. And all of a sudden I, re I, re I recognized it's like the word just righted itself. And the word was stability. And I was thinking about that. I've been thinking about that. I talked to Ursula about this. I've talked to other friends about this. What does this mean? And the biggest thing I keep coming to is that we are moving toward a new stability. We have to turn these words backwards. We have to look at them from a new perspective. And until we can redefine what those words mean, we are going to stay stuck in the old model of what they uh, bring us. Right. So maybe that's the best place to start. Right. Bring um, bring a new awareness to the words. Right. Love. Bring love to those words. And thank you, Andy, girl. Thank you, Bar. Thank you, Asa. Please hit the thumbs up button if you are over there on uh, uh, YouTube. If you are on Facebook, hit the like button and subscribe to my channel. If you have not yet done that on um, uh, YouTube. And I think that is about it for me. But before I go, uh, I want to draw a card for the collective. Since we have such change energy coming this weekend, I think it might be really good to draw us some cards for the collective. And Libra.
so I feel like I'm going to draw two cards. One, a spirit animal. I love the spirit animal deck. A totem animal that's going to help us tune in to lead us by example into uh, the energies of change that are coming up for this weekend that have been with us all week. It's really not just the weekend, maybe a little more defined this weekend. And oh, to, oh, we get a twofer. There's two cards that pulled out. One is card number five, bat spirit. The bat represents a rebirth, right? A rebirth is assured. So that was the card on top. He is right side up, even though he's upside down. <laughs> card number five. But look what else. Butterfly spirit. Transformation is beautiful. Now, this one was upside down, which brings a protection message. So let's read these real quickly. And then I'm going to pull a Mayan uh, card. So the card five. Five is always a number of change, right? Change and has freedom associated with it as well. And that was right side up. And it says, after something has run its course and died or been released, finished, surrendered, completed, or ended, there is a promise of a new beginning. Rebirth is assured as night gives way to dawn and the bat emerges from the darkness of a womb-like cave. Bat spirit has come to remind you that this rebirth is a miraculous one for the very best elements of what you had to give up in the death of the old are still present in this new, amazing life forming now. This is the miracle and the magic of rebirth in every aspect of your life, including the rebirth of faith, Sagittarius, in your ability to establish new and healthy relationships. Bat spirit reminds you that at present you are lost. However, you are called to trust that your intuition will be a reliable guide as you give birth to something new and unfamiliar. That spirit has listened in the dark of night and has heard all your hopes and dreams, your fears and worries, and assures you that this new version of your dream, this move from darkness into light, from lost to found and death to rebirth comes to fruition with love at its core. That spirit asks you to trust that what seems to have died is actually shape-shifting into something even more meaningful and wondrous than before. If you feel you are in the dark, know that morning will come. All will be revealed and things will be in a new form that is right for you. People, I couldn't have chosen. I mean, literally, this is we're living magic here in this moment. Butterfly spirit, card number 11. If you guys have been with me for a while, you know how 11 has been such an important number for me through this summer. And it's about transformation is beautiful. 11 is the card of enlightenment. It's a card of light, of illumination. So what we're illuminating is transformation does not have to be as traumatic or dramatic as things may seem to be right now. Remember, change is the only true constant. When you resist it, you create a tension within you as you refuse to accept the inevitable. In this moment, you might have forgotten the beauty and joy of life as it moves through its seasons, as nature dictates. You are being faced with a choice now. You can struggle with the current conditions, refusing to surrender and see through the lens of lack and loss, or you can surrender to the grace that is calling you to allow life to take its course, moving through the sadness and disappointment. Surrender will soften you, inviting you to bask in gratitude and see through the lens of curiosity. These are the keys to tuning into the infinite potential available to you now. Butterfly spirit knows the beauty and delight you are on the brink of discovering. Let go and trust that it is there for you. Butterfly and bat, a better duo I've never seen. <laughs> yes. All right. So I know it's getting late and I have a client at 930. So let me quickly go to the Mayan cards. You okay, Jinxie? looking a little shell-shocked this morning like she's afraid dude is around the corner getting ready to pounce on her <laughs> uh oh deconstructing doubt that's a great one. Ooh, and this one just came it's the card lamotte and lamotte in the mayan calendar is uh loving energy in the pleiadian calendar and it was the umbrella energy of our week, right? Of our 13 day period of time in the Pleiadian week. 
we are today at the energy of the six, right? Which is about establishing a flow, right? Going with the flow. So Lamont, let's see what that says in our Mayan deck that can help us for this weekend. Lamont, 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 which is also Venus. Um, the, the depiction is Venus. Muluk, is she before that? Yes, she is. Okay, so... I'm going to have to just read the discoverer part of this because it's too long. All right. You are a star seed, that part within you that holds your true destiny. You contain a complete holographic seed packet of your evolution into the mind of light. You are the harmony of the stars. The way shower beckons you to follow. Oh, the way shower beckons you to follow the shimmering trail of stardust on your journey home. Offer up any presently small perspective of self to a more expansive view, leap to a more expanded way of seeing, hearing, and being. If you chose Lamont, you are being asked to practice harmony in your daily life. Become the harmony that carries you into star essence. Drawing Lamont indicates that you may already be gifted in or benefit from learning how to harmonize different energies, peoples, thoughts, and ideas. Act on intuitive guidance in this. Follow your heart. Release situations that appear that appear to limit your experience of harmony. A new golden octave has been sounded on earth. What is your note, your frequency in this new harmony? Be that. Be luminous. Be the harmony. Lamont represents the gateway to the frequencies of the fifth dimension. The preceding seven archetypes are terrestrial. From Lamont onward, the archetypes are galactic in nature and frequency. Hence, they open one to the higher light encodements intrinsic to a fifth dimensional view of the hologram. In the shadow of Lamont, you may understand you are only in a limited sense through your intellect. So I'm going to leave that for you guys to think about. How is your intellect limiting you? How is the mind connected to your intellect limiting you? So awesomeness, the card Lamont. All right, guys, I need to get going. Much love to all of you. Have a wonderful weekend. I will see you on Monday morning. Happy birthday to you, Asa. I hope you can join us on Monday. Maybe we'll have something special for you, huh? Uh, if not, that's okay. We've all wished you a happy birthday for everyone. Take care. Mwah. Take care. Bye.